Let's take our Bibles this morning and we'll turn over to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3 as we begin this Christmas season, even though it's only November, but uh, I've only got three more Sundays and of course we'll have our Christmas cantata on Christmas Sunday the 25th and so we have a few more Sundays to be able to celebrate. We'll be preaching, of course, towards Christ, towards Christmas, reminding us of it and our Savior. And so it's, it's an inexhaustible uh, subject matter to be preaching about Jesus. And so I'm thankful for that. Colossians chapter number three, if you found it and you're able to, uh, would you stand for the reading of the Word of God? We're just going to read the first four verses together and then uh, preach a simple message really to set our hearts uh, hopefully right and in the true direction uh, for this Christmas season. Colossians three, verse number one, the Bible says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I'm looking at verse number two, where he says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And the Lord's been working on my heart about this subject matter that I'll preach on this morning on an eternal mind during Christmas. An eternal mind during Christmas. You say, what in the world does that even mean? You'll find out for the next 30 minutes. And uh, an eternal mind during Christmas. Let's pray together and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, for the privilege to be able to gather together this morning. Lord, we do pray for those that desire to be here but are not able to, Lord, because of sickness or a physical ailment uh, that they are enduring through right now. I pray, Lord, that you would comfort them, that you would heal them up, strengthen them, Lord, to be able to be back with us. Lord, thank you for everyone that is able to be here. And Lord, I pray that our worship towards you throughout this morning Lord, would be acceptable in your sight. Lord, as we've opened the Word of God now, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would speak to our hearts, and uh, Lord, do that work in our hearts that only you can do going into this Christmas season. May our focus and our attention and our passion be upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There is no doubt, and I believe that you would say the same thing, that this is the greatest time of the year. How many have been playing Christmas music now for probably five months? Some started in July. How many never stopped from last year playing Christmas music? And uh, more hands that are going up. And uh, a continual spirit now of Christmas it's a time when families are supposed to get along with each other. How many have their list of what not to bring up around Thanksgiving or Christmas? And uh, whether it be politics or sports or whatever it may be, but uh, families are supposed to get along with each other. Decorations are going up. Some music's being broadcast all around us. 
and the world is full of good cheer. How many would agree with that? Supposed to be. I started that with supposed to be. It's also the time when we get to fight over that last item that's in the store. How many went out Black Friday shopping this year? How many believe that's a waste of time? How many believe you can sit down at your computer and get the exact same deals online, okay? And uh, they're fighting over it. I saw videos this year, fresh videos of people standing outside stores. I don't think it was here in America, but uh, another nation when the stores opened up, hundreds going in. And of course, it's a time that we get to stampede each other going into the store. And then we get to get angry over what we didn't get underneath the tree. It's all that time of year that emotions are running crazy, and uh, it is totally acceptable to be able to stampede someone else. And uh, it's not that time coming into church. I was thought, listen, here it is the weekend after Thanksgiving. They're lined up at the stores. They'll probably be lined up at church to be able to get in there and be able to get their good seat and make sure to be able to have it. But once again, that didn't take place the Sunday after Thanksgiving. But it is that time of year. Children get a spirit of expectation it started two months ago when I was at a little kid's soccer game and Lennon was sitting there with her toy magazine and she was circling all the things going through the toy magazine and I'm thinking I did the same thing 40 some years ago. would sit down, circle everything back when magazines were a thing. Now we just put it in the Amazon wish list and we hope someone else gets on there and checks out our Amazon wish list. Children get that spirit of expectation, greed, and disappointment at not receiving. Now, as Christians, we know that this time is supposed to be all about Jesus, and our focus should be upon Him. So the question is this, how in the midst of all this commercialism, hustle and bustle, along with the constant running to and fro, can we keep our hearts and our minds on Jesus and not get swept away with all the things of this world? It seems like every year God puts upon our hearts to be able to preach a message along these lines, because if we're not careful, we've started the Christmas season And a month from now, it's going to be over. Today's the 27th. And listen, four weeks from today is Christmas Sunday, Christmas Day. And we're going to wake up the next day on that Monday morning, and it's all going to be over with. And we're going to say, I don't even feel like I enjoyed Christmas this year. We ought not to get to the point, especially as Bible believers and those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we ought not to get to the point of saying two weeks from now, I just can't wait until it's over. We ought not to get to that point. That ought not to be the spirit of our heart. That ought not to be the desire. So then how can we get through this time And if I can this morning, just share a few things out of Colossians 3 and share a few thoughts that will give to us just to be able to help our minds to be stayed on Jesus and our focus to be on our Savior and what Christmas is all about. Now, don't get me wrong. This week, my wife and I will go out and we'll get ourselves a Christmas tree. To this point, 
We've never had an artificial tree in our house. We've always had a real one. And by God's grace, it'll continue on this year. We'll have a real tree. We got fake ones here. I don't want to pay what that size would cost to be able to put one in. But yet, we'll put up our tree. I'll be looking at things over the next few weeks at the dollar store to be able to buy my wife for Christmas. I'm just kidding, okay? I'm just kidding. I don't shop for my wife at the dollar store. I'll be looking for something to be able to get my wife. I'll be looking for something to be able to get my family, and we'll love on each other. We'll wake up on Christmas morning, and we'll read the Christmas story together. We'll give thanks together, and we'll open our Christmas gifts that we've given. I'm still waiting for someone to truly resemble the wise men that came afterwards and enjoyed their time worshiping the Lord where I find gold and frankincense and myrrh. Just a chunk of gold would be okay if you're looking to get me anything for Christmas. We resemble that. We'll spend our time together. We'll enjoy the time. Can I say we better be careful to make sure that our affection is on things above and not on things on the earth. In these two verses that we're going to look at this morning, really verse 1 and verse 2, the word things are mentioned three times in these two verses. Let's look at them again. The Bible says in verse number 1, look at this in the middle of the verse, seek those things which are above. Verse number 2 says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And having an eternal mind during this Christmas season, number one, I want us to see in verse number one, that we should cherish the greatest gift that's ever been given. We should cherish the greatest gift. You say, what do you mean? Look at that first phrase with me in verse number three. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Now in that simple phrase, if ye then be risen with Christ, it is describing the greatest gift, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, not just a baby that has been born in a manger, but really that risen with Christ describes the entire salvation process that takes place in our lives. That we understand risen with Christ means that we are saved, that he has died for us, he was buried, he rose again, and we are risen with him. And we today possess eternal salvation. That is what Christmas is all about. It's not just about a babe that is lying in a manger. But may I remind us what um, what Mary said there in Luke chapter number 2, speaking of Jesus, said, My Savior as she spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ. She did understand that the baby that she was holding on to was not just a baby boy, but it was the Savior of all the earth because the angels had given announcement of that when the angel came to Mary and the angel came to Joseph and announced that Mary was with child. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, the angel said and it is the Savior. We cherish the greatest gift that's ever given. Listen, every gift that I've ever been given in one way or another has failed in expectation or broken down over time. How many still have that cherished toy that you had to have when you were eight or nine years old? We don't have that anymore. But I tell you, our life was going to be over. 
if we didn't get that toy, if that did not get handed to us and we did not unwrap that, listen, life was over. I mean, we were, we were entering into depression for the next 30 years and it was the one confirmation that our parents absolutely hated us because we did not get that one gift. Every gift I've ever been given has in some way tarnished, broken down, or not lived up to the expectation that I had. Do you know the one the, the gifts that I would be given? Now I will say the one thing that always lived up to it, and it has failed me, okay? Maybe it hasn't failed me, maybe I failed it, was the day my dad walked out and handed me that single shot 16 gauge. Now, I can't say it always lived up to expectations. You actually have to point at what you're desiring to shoot at, okay? I mean, I thought, hey, he gives it to me. It'll take care of all of it. It didn't. I don't think I've ever shot one thing with it. (laughs) But I thought everything that's ever been given except for the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and his free gift of salvation, I remember it like it was yesterday. He offered it free. He didn't say, Peter, you have to work for this. He didn't say, Peter, you need to join every church under heaven to be able to receive this gift. He didn't say you had to go through all these different things and make sure to check off the list and maybe you'll have an opportunity to be able to have eternal life. He didn't say, do your good works and see if they'll outweigh your bad works and maybe I'll let you in heaven He never said anything like that, but he did say, I offer salvation as a free gift. In other words, Jesus already paid the gift. My dad, no matter how many times he would hand us a gift, it never came with an invoice afterwards. He didn't say, here's the gift. Now here's what you need to pay me for it. I would say, you can keep your gift. I don't need it. After all, I'm eight years old and I don't have any money to be able to pay you for that. But when it comes to the greatest gift that's ever been given, listen, the gift of eternal salvation, if ye then be risen with Christ, listen, that gift of eternal salvation did not come with a heavenly invoice attached to it that we had to try to pay for it. He said, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Cherish the greatest gift ever given. You say, why is that? Because listen, if the gift of eternal salvation is at the forefront of my heart and my mind, then listen, everything else doesn't even compare. And then I'll not be disappointed whatsoever. If I say I've got these expectations and it needs to live up to this standard, if I compare it to eternal salvation, I say nothing's going to live up to it anyway, and I can enjoy everything that's given, and I can keep my eyes focused on the greatest gift. That was the theme of our Christmas parade for a few years anyway. We had about an eight or a 10-foot Christmas gift that was up there on the, on the float that was on that trailer there. And it was a Christmas gift decorated up, had the sides open, and in bet- inside the gift was the nativity of the birth of our Savior. Greatest gift 
that's ever been given is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. So can I encourage us, listen, as we have this mindset going into the Christmas season, make sure to be able to cherish the greatest gift. And can I remind us, if you're here today and you've never accepted the greatest gift, which is salvation, you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, listen, this would be the greatest day of your life to accept Jesus and the greatest gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then second of all, he said in this same verse, if ye then be risen with Christ, cherish the greatest gift that's been given, but then number two, concentrate on things that are of eternal value. You say eternal value. Look what he says. Seek those things which are above. Why is that? Well, we could take the time if you go back into the gospels of what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Listen, he said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Where thieves don't break through and steal. I believe that's talking about our brothers and sisters right there. Because anytime we got the good gift, it was brothers and sisters who wanted to play with it. And then they usually broke it, but I'm not bitter. But so many times, and you know as well as I do, if you have children, that one gift that they always wanted, and then they play with it for about two hours, and then the thing breaks and it goes in their toy box and they never pull it out again, but we've had to listen to them for three months to be able to get it. They had to have it or their life was coming to an end. And I thought, what can make a difference in our lives? The Bible says, seek those things. Now, as I see this, I see there is a decision to seek. If you're going to look for something and concentrate on it, listen, you've got to make the conscious decision. And we have to do that going into these next few weeks, a conscious decision that I'm going to be concentrated on those things which are eternal, which are not going to pass away. But then there's a description of it. Seek those things. So then early this morning, I was sitting down and I didn't put down an entire list, but I said, what are, is under that category of seek those things. Now he closes it out with the direction of those things. It is directional. Seek those things which are above. So when I started looking at that list of those things which are above, those are things that are eternal. They're not things that are temporal. That's just going to pass away. That's just going to fade. And so I thought, well, what about love? Things that are above, something that can only come from the Lord. God is love. What about joy? What about peace? The fruit of the Spirit as it's described over there in the book of Galatians. What about that gift of salvation? What is it, those things, things from above, that money can't buy? Now you start listing those things in your life and being thankful for those things that money cannot buy and start giving thanks for them. Start listing those things that money can't buy, and I believe that if we set our affection and we start seeking those things, you know something, what is it throughout this Christmas season that perhaps you could enhance that relationship with someone? 
maybe between husband and wife. Listen, and I'll just go ahead and get, get practical with it. How long's it been, husband, since you've taken your wife and just gone and, and walked downtown or something, maybe when the snow is gently fallen and the Christmas lights are out there and the tree is lit up and you say, well, I don't know about all that. Do you know the one thing, and, and they did it again this year, that when Brother Ricky and Miss Nolita Gravely come up here, now they were thrilled to death that there was snow while they were up here. We had one inch of snow. I nailed him almost right upside the head. It hit his shoulder first with a snowball as he was walking out of my house. I mean, just perfectly placed. And it splattered all over and melted down his back. I mean, it was wonderful. And what made it better is he was on a phone call and he, he could not laugh. He could not carry on. He's like, that was a very important phone call. And I knew who it was with. I said, that makes it 10 times better. I said, just to be able to do that. But every year, him and his wife, at some point, they said, we'd like to take an afternoon. And they did it this year. I gave him my car. I said, you go ahead and go down. And they go downtown Concord. And they go walk around the downtown, just husband and wife. They go to White Mountain Coffee, which is right there on Pleasant Street. They enjoy a cup of coffee or a latte or a cappuccino together and enjoy the time. And this year when they went out, that was closing. They came over here to bake, grabbed a cup of coffee, and snow squalls were coming through. And they were as tickled as could be. They're drinking their coffee. They're all bundled up like a North Georgia person would be for the snowfall coming down. And they thought thought that was the greatest thing. Can I say this? That's not something money can buy. How long's it been? You say, well, my wife don't like to walk in the snow. And I get that. It doesn't have to be that. But when is it that you've sought after those things that are of eternal value and not things that are just going to pass away when this life is over with? Seek those things which are above, something that is bigger than just you and I strengthening a relationship or a friendship or maybe a, an act of charity or, or love towards someone else, what it may be. Seek those things which are above, those things which are spiritual, those things which are, are eternal in value. Concentrate on things of eternal value. But then I, I really want to look at these things right here because this last phrase in verse number one is what God began speaking to my heart about. And I believe it would be this through our Christmas season as we're looking at it. Number three, connect our passion to his position. He's talking in verse number one, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And look at this, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. When we start talking of things of eternal value, in the midst of this, we're reminded where Jesus is seated today. Now, Jesus was not just born in a manger, live a perfect life, die on a cross, and is just laying in a grave somewhere. But he rose from the dead, and 40 days later, ascended to heaven, and the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of God. Now, if we were to take the time and go over to the book of Hebrews, we understand that he ever liveth, and he's seated there to make intercession for you and I. Now, what if throughout this Christmas season, what if we connected our passion for this time of year? Some people go absolutely crazy around Christmas time. 
What if we connected our passion for this time of year to the position that Christ is in up there in heaven? And I thought, listen, when he's talking about our affection, when he's talking about our seeking and the energy and the effort that we put into it, he says, I want you to remember, I want you to seek the things that are above where Christ is and reminding us of our Savior, and he's there making intercession for us, seated at the right hand of God. Listen, it's wonderful to be able to spend time with friends and family throughout this time, but may our passion throughout this Christmas season be pointed towards Christ. And if we will have an eternal mind during Christmas, listen, everything about our hearts and everything about our passion will be about the Lord Jesus Christ. He summarizes it in verse number two. He said, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And I thought, listen, Lord, if you allow us to, yes, connect our passion, but commit to value eternity more than temporal. That's what this word set In other words, let it be established. Let it be fixed in our hearts and lives. And he says, set your affection. That is our passion. That is our love. That is our desire. Set your affection on things above. And say, listen, as we enter into this time, and some of you already may be as frustrated as can be about the Christmas season. You've just gotten through because your your wife drug you around during Black Friday. And you're already like, I'm done. It's over. Amazon, here I come. I'm not setting foot in another store. I set foot in one store on Friday. And it was Walmart because I needed poster board to be able to put a sign that says free hot cocoa. To be able to put downtown there. And I was as frustrated because I went to the wrong place in the store, Josh. And I walked every aisle over in the office department. No, excuse me, in the crafts department. And I thought, where is construction paper going to be? Isn't it a craft? Isn't that what you do with it? And I walk every aisle over there. It's not there. I'm texting my wife, where is it? And then I think, I bet they put it back with the other paper back in the office section. So then I got to walk across the entire store to get to the back of it. Chris, how many believe that's wonderful? Walk across the entire store of Walmart on a Friday afternoon on Black Friday. And I get back there, sure enough, there it is. I'm like, who put the construction paper? And it actually says projects. That goes with the projects up front. Okay, that's my little rant and rave this morning, okay? One store. And I'm saying, listen, we can start looking at things. We can get so frustrated over what's taking place. I remember the days, listen, we lived down in East Tennessee. We had the largest mall in Tennessee, 20 minutes from our house. There were times, not for this guy. There were times people gave testimonies that it took an hour for them just to back out of their parking spot and another hour to be able to get out to the main road. And I'm saying, there's no way. I'd probably lose my salvation right there. I mean, I'm glad it's not based on me. Never happened for this guy. But at that point, I'd be saying, I'm done. You know why I don't participate in activities like that? Because it'd get me so frustrated about everything, and I would not be close to the Lord by the time I was done. But an eternal mindset through Christmas. Listen, it is possible. 
But it's going to take a commitment. It's going to take determination of saying, listen, we have all these other things and we're going to enjoy every minute of it. We're going to enjoy all the time of, of Christmas and family and church family and all the songs. We're going to enjoy every bit of it, but I want to keep my mind stayed on Christ throughout these next few weeks. An eternal mind through Christmas. During this Christmas season, Let's point all of our conversations, our affections, our thoughts, our passions to eternal things and not just getting wrapped up with everything that's going on around us. Do you understand how tender people are during this time of year? So here's the practical application. How much of an opportunity do you think each and every one of us will have to be able to witness to people and tell people the true meaning of Christmas if all they see is frustration upon our hearts and lives? If we're as frustrated as could be and then stop and say, well, let me tell you about the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning, you don't even like Christmas. I'm not going to ask how many here your middle name is Grinch. And you're already saying, get it over with. Can I say this? At least during this time of year, most people have a basic understanding that it's about a baby that was born. And you know what we have the opportunity to be able to do? If we'll keep our minds off ourselves and all the frustration that's going on around us and keep our minds and our hearts focused on eternal things, then listen, at any moment we'll be able to say, let me tell you about the true meaning of Christmas. Let me tell you about the, the greatest gift that was ever given. You know that baby that was born in a manger? Listen, he wasn't just wrapped in swaddling clothes to try to make him look cute, but he was born as Savior of the world. And be able to tell someone about Jesus throughout this entire time. And I thought, what an opportunity to be able to offer our worship of the, of the Lord. And you say, well, it's just about a baby. I don't believe there's, there's much more to it. I'm all about Santa Claus. I'm, and listen, your kids are downstairs. Don't get worried. If you haven't told them that some fat man in a red suit doesn't come down a chimney that you don't even have at your house, okay? They're downstairs. You can talk to them later. I'm not worried about messing it up right now. If you're sitting here and you still think that, we can have a talk afterwards, okay? But there's some, listen, we, we play around. My parents played around with us about with, with, with Santa Claus. We do all that. But I will say this. It was always brought back to Jesus. It was always brought back, hey, we have a Savior that was born. And this entire time, and listen, on December the 25th, do you understand this entire world is going to pause as a memorial to our Savior being born? Now, leading all the way up to that, it's my prayer in each and every one of our lives that we don't get so distracted by everything that takes place in this world that we forget what it's all about. We forget it's about our Savior. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Don't get so concentrated on the things of this world that we forget our Jesus, that we forget our Savior, that we say, oh, it doesn't matter. Commit to value eternal things more. So what if we wake up on Christmas morning 
and what you dropped hints for for the past three months is not under the tree, so what? You still have Jesus. You still have Jesus. Now, here's where we need to get to. Is he enough? Is he enough? Well, no, I have to have... Do we, though? Well, if I don't get this, then they don't love me. Really? If you want me to, I'll preach this message to your kids at some point. I'll go down and preach it in junior church to all the kids about Christmas time, okay? No. It's about Jesus. And cherish the greatest gift that's ever been given. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Christmas is just another day off from work that you get, Christmas is so much more than that. And it'd be time for you to accept the true message and the true gift of Christmas, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, listen, it'll make the greatest gift. There's several in our church that have just been saved this year. Just trusted Christ this year. And I thought, you know, this ought to be the, the greatest Christmas they've ever had because they know the true meaning of it. It's all about Jesus.